0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Today I want to speak to you on the subject of what does the Bible say about time. And time is one of those subjects that we really don't look at in the Scripture very often. But we should because we all are on a time schedule. None of us know when our next breath might be our last breath. But knowing the scriptures, I prayed, as a matter of fact, moments ago during worship. I lifted my hands in worship and claimed a verse in the Bible that says, With long life, I will satisfy thee. And I oftentimes lay hold to that. And I said, Father, just moments ago, satisfy me with long life so that I might satisfy you. For my satisfaction is in doing the will and the work of the Lord until my last breath. I want to say right in the infancy of this message, I'm an evangelist. My job is to help you find peace with God. My job as an evangelist is to help you to understand what does it mean to be born again. Many people flippantly throw that phrase around, born again. But it's out of the Bible. Jesus said in John chapter 3, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. And of the thousands of responses that continually pour into our ministry from around the world, those are the kinds of questions that we're hearing. What does born again mean? What does being saved mean? What does having peace with God mean? How can I know that I'm ready to meet the Lord and so on? And so I want to assure you that every time, without exception, that you hear this evangelist speak, I will always make the gospel clear. I will always explain carefully what it means to be saved and right with God. But most importantly, I'm going to challenge you to make that decision. If you're listening to me and you don't have an absolute certainty in your heart that you're right with God, today I'm your best friend. If you're the worst sinner in the state of Alaska, I didn't come here to thump a Bible over your head. I didn't come here to judge you or to heap guilt upon you. I came here to tell you that Jesus, God's only Son, died on the cross for sinners. Jesus said in Luke 19 and 10, I came to seek and to save the lost. The primary mission of Jesus was not the church. The primary mission of Jesus was to seek and to save the lost the lost. For if you do not have people being sought out and helped and saved and delivered and healed, there is no reason for a church. And Jesus didn't die on the cross to give you a church. He died on the cross to give you a change. And the church will never mean anything to you until you have a changed heart and a changed life. You believe that and receive that, can you say a big amen? amen? We need to talk about time, and the Bible addressed that in Luke chapter 12. Look at verse 16. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all of my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, My friend, you have enough. stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Pause with me right there. We learn through this ancient text that the nature of humanity really has not changed much. Just as it was then, so it is now. The average person is just trying to survive. We want to eat, we want to drink, and we want to be happy. And we want to have a surplus stored away so that we might have a security for our future to make sure that we never have to stop eating, drinking, and being happy. And people try to pursue that path through a variety of means. But the Bible addressed it here. And then the scripture went on to say, but God said. Notice in the story, man said, and then God said. So we understand man's response. Man is always focused upon things temporary. Man lives with a natural short look. But God always has a long look. And God said the Bible goes on to say, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? And I always say those who live in the United States, we don't have to go to seminary for four years to answer that. We know it's the IRS. Then who will get everything you work for? Now listen to this. A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Now some unlettered preachers and teachers use that passage to say up it's wrong to store up earthly wealth or to accumulate or to plan for your future. Nothing could be further from the truth. When you read the totality of the teachings of the New Testament, you'll find that the opposite was taught by Christ. As a matter of fact, without making that the message, if you want to understand biblical economics, the full blessing of God is not upon making money. The full blessing of God rests upon those who manage their money. In the parable of the talents... The Bible made it clear, those who did the worst at saving, did the worst at investing, did the worst in financial management, the parable said, I'll take from him who has little and I'll give it to him who manages best. The blessing of God always follows those, not just who make money, but those who biblically manage money. So anybody who teaches you that you shouldn't save or you shouldn't plan or you shouldn't use your resources carefully and prayerfully, you might want to put that person on a short list of what the Bible called you fool. Is that too straight for you folks in Alaska? Straight out of the pages of the Bible, but this will help you. So most people are managing time and managing resources by a temporary short look. So let's close by talking about the long look and what the Bible teaches us about time. They tell me that the world's most accurate clock is at the National Institute of Standards and Technology located in Colorado. It measures vibrations of a single atom and in a billion years, with a B, scientists have written this, In a billion years, that atomic clock will never be anything less than 100% accurate. In a billion years, it'll not miss a second of measured time. Let's talk about your average lifespan. The average lifespan, and in recent days, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of information from the CDC And WHO and doctors and scientists and virologists and people are wondering about life and how I live and so on. I'm actually going to touch on that a little tonight. But the average lifespan in America is the longest in the world, and the average American lives approximately 75 years. The world average is closer to 60 years. So let's break that down in something that's a little more personal. If you're 20 years old, you have 660 months left. If you're 30 years old, you're down to 540 months. If you're 40 years old, you have 420 months. If you're 50 years old you have 300 months left. If you're 60 years old, you have only 180 months. If you're 70 years old, you're down to 60 months. If you're 80 years old or 85 or 90 or plus, I'll stop right here lest this become the most depressing message you have ever heard in your life. The Bible teaches us concerning time, there must be priorities and there must be spiritual disciplines. If you're taking notes, number one, the Bible talks to us about the race of time. The Bible said that our life is but a vapor that vanishes as quickly as it came. In the book of James, in the fourth chapter, the Bible said, look here, you people who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what will happen tomorrow? For your life is like the morning fog. It is here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you will be boasting about your own plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, It is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. The Bible has much to say about managing time in your life. And it also makes it abundantly clear that you should preface everything with if the Lord wills. Because God has a will for your life. If you're a believer, God has a plan for your life. If you've never made peace with God, then the Bible said your father is the devil. I know that may not be a popular thing to say, but I didn't write the Bible. I've just been called to deliver the Bible. And the Bible said either your father is God or your father is the devil in the gospel of John. What that means in practicality is your steps, your agenda, your life is either under the curse of sin Or it is under the blessing of God. God wants your life to be under his blessing. But you cannot walk in the blessing of God without having a right relationship with him. In a lifetime, the average American will spend six months sitting at red lights. Eight months of your life opening up spam and junk mail. One year looking for misplaced objects. For some of you, it'll be closer to five. Two years, unsuccessfully returning phone calls. Four years of your life doing housework. Five years waiting in lines. Six years eating. Some of you... A wee bit longer. (laughs) 25 years sleeping. And I share these average facts to help you to understand that if the average life in this country is 75 and you begin to subtract all of the menial and frivolous things that occupy our time, you begin to understand biblically how precious time is. I was sharing with parents just yesterday with four little children. This is the most important time in your life. When your children are young and when your family is growing, it is one of the most critical times of life. And it is not a time that should be spent upon undue focus upon career. It should be, as a believer, time spent On raising your children and not neglecting the needs of the family the Bible tells me that God is the final source of your blessing and when you get God's order in your order his blessing will follow you automatically there's two ways to get ahead in life Work your fingers to the bone and you'll end up with bony fingers. Or you can follow the precepts of the Bible and the blessings of the Lord will hunt you down. Psalm 23 said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's the classic text in Genesis 13 when we read about Abram and Lot. And Abraham is so blessed, he has to part company with his nephew Lot and gives him first choice. Pick whatever land you want and take your flocks and herds and tents and family. And the Bible said that Lot chose the plain near Sodom and Gomorrah because it was well watered everywhere. He made a decision in life about raising cattle when he should have been making decisions in life about raising kids. And because Lot made a decision about raising cattle and didn't take into account his family and his children and the location and built a home with basically the front window overlooking Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you keep reading in Genesis, where his tents leaned initially is where he lived eventually. Where you're leaning is where you're going to be living. Make sure that your tents are leaning towards the house of God. And not things that are temporary only. God knows how to bless you. God knows how to prosper you. God knows how to help your family. God knows how to raise godly children. And there will come a day when you may sit on a porch in a rocking chair and have the most brilliant retirement plan available to the known man. But your kids are lost and going to hell. And there are parents within the sound of my voice that would train day. Dollar they had ever saved for the salvation of their children. Live every day ready to meet the Lord. Our times are in His hand. If we never died, time wouldn't seem so precious. But the truth is, unlike a carton of milk, God didn't tattoo your expiration date anywhere on your body. As a believer, you have a right to believe for divine health, for the Bible said, who forgives our sins and heals our diseases. People say, well, why aren't all people healed? Well, he said it was his will for all people to be saved. You could ask the same question, why aren't all people saved? You could lose sleep over that and get a lot of gray hair. Let me save you some time. Your decisions determine your destiny both temporary destiny and eternal destiny. Number two, we have to take a look in the Bible and talk about the responsibility of time, the race of time. It's a vapor. It doesn't seem possible that when I first came to Alaska to minister in the villages for the first time, I was barely 40 years old. And now over 20 years of my life have passed. It doesn't seem possible My son is now the same age as when I first came to the state of Alaska 20 plus years ago. And oftentimes my wife and I, Judy and I have been married for 42 years and in full-time ministry for 42 years. Let me tell you something. We didn't start out what some people might call blessed. We were blessed as far as knowing the responsibility, but we were homeless the first year, four years. Didn't have a home, didn't have an apartment, didn't have a place to lay our head for four years. There had been a major scandal in America in one of the largest Christian television networks. It was followed a couple of years later by a major scandal by one of the most notable evangelists in this nation. And being an evangelist was a dirty word even in Christian circles. Even today, Hollywood makes fun of evangelists and televangelists and so on as if one person's sins makes everybody in the same profession guilty of all. There are bad apples in every career. But for every bad apple, there are barrels of good apples who have made up their mind. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we started with nothing. I walked the aisle to be married with $4 in change in my pocket. Didn't have a bank account. Didn't have a credit card. Didn't have a promise of tomorrow. Had one invitation to preach. But never for one moment was I really worried because I had been raised upon the precepts of this Bible. And I knew that all seeds are planted small but all seeds in God are planted rich and the righteous are like a tree, but you don't start as a tree. You start as a seed. But if you'll turn from sin and turn to Christ and take the smallest of faith that you might possess and say, Lord, I've wasted time. I've wasted years of my life. I've been drug addicted. I've been alcohol addicted. I've been through many relationships. i failed at this. i failed at that. I have good news for you today. Though time may have been wasted in your past, you serve a God who can tell the devil to refund all of that time, to refund all of that strength, and put you on a path that leads from where you're at to where he wants you to be. Today when I give the invitation in just a few moments... You can meet me at this altar of prayer. And I never preach the gospel without giving people an opportunity to meet me for prayer. The Bible still says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it might be hard for you to believe, but God will take you just the way you are. And he'll redeem your time. The Bible said, redeeming the time for the days are evil. God is a master at redeeming time. God, by the authority of His Word, created the heavens and the earth. He certainly can speak into your past and tell your past. You restore everything that sin stole. You restore everything that their past took from them. You restore everything the devil stole from them and return it with interest. And today you can start a new life in Christ. The Bible said if anybody comes to Jesus, they become a brand new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new. Today we can pray and... In the simplicity of childlike faith, God can reset your divine clock. In John chapter 17 and verse 4, listen to what Jesus said. He he said, I brought glory to you here on earth by doing everything you told me to do. Jesus is the only one who in sinless perfection said my time on earth, it was brief, only about 33 years. But Jesus said while I lived on earth, I fulfilled every task that the Father had intended me to complete. God has a checklist of things that He has created you to do. And when you serve Him and pray and study His Holy Word, He'll begin to open your eyes to see exactly what you were created for. Some of you have not even yet begun to understand what your God-given skill sets are. Some of you have lived in total lack and your whole life has been like a bucket with holes in it. But in God's destiny, He created you to succeed. He created you to create a business. He created you to have an idea or an invention or a skill that you don't even yet understand. But that's the blessing of God. When you turn your back on sin and turn your heart to Jesus, He begins to put inside of you the likeness in which you were created. You were created in the image of God. Even Jesus one day, they brought to Him Local currency. And it was a trick question financially. They were trying to get Jesus to violate the law of God. And they handed him a coin. And said, to whom does currency and tax and financial matters, to whom does it really belong? And he took the coin and he said, look at the image. Caesar's image was upon that coin. And Jesus... Sidestepped with divine wisdom their trick and their trap and said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give to God what belongs to God. But what the average reader of the Bible probably misses is that Jesus said, Whose image is upon it? I came to tell you this morning, the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 26, You were created. With the image of God stamped internally upon you. The greatness of God is inside of you. The seeds of God are inside of you. Seeds of greatness are inside of you. Seeds of being an overachiever are inside of you. Seeds of creativity are inside of you. Many of you have IQ points that have been locked up by sin, but the IQ of God is inside of you. And when you come to Jesus, you get smarter. The Bible said in James, if any man comes to Christ, James said, lacking wisdom, ask of God, who gives to all men liberally well I'm so stupid well that's what the devil told you but when you get saved you'll get smarter trying to be gracious here but let's just be honest most of the great issues in life are the result of stupidity and poor choices outside of God say amen if you believe the truth I close with this I want to talk to you about the risk of time. We've talked about the race of time. We've shown you in the Bible the responsibility of time, but I must conclude with something the Bible addresses that I call the risk of time. And what I mean by that is all time is uncertain. We never know how much time God has given us or how quickly it can pass. The Bible said in Romans chapter 14, the apostle Paul wrote these words, Remember, each of us will stand personally before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me. And every tongue will confess allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will have to give a personal account to God. The Bible said that one day you're going to stand in eternity's morning in judgment before God. And you will either be at the believer's judgment or you will be at the unbeliever's judgment. The Bible speaks of the judgment seat of Christ and it speaks of the great white throne judgment. And in eternity's morning, you will either stand before God and meet Him as your heavenly Father or you will meet Him as your eternal judge. And there is no third option. You will either meet God as your heavenly Father, which is what He intended, or you will face him as your eternal judgment, which he didn't intend. But no one goes to hell because God sent them there. If you go to hell, it'll not be because God in eternal judgment sent you there. It'll be because you chose to. God said in 2 Peter chapter 3, I am willing that none should perish. That word perish in the original Greek manuscripts means face judgment for unrepented sin. God said in 2 Peter 3 and 9, I am willing that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. God said, if you listen to me, if you understand my will, and His word is His will. People say, I want to know the will of God. Read the Bible. Well, I want to hear the voice of God out loud and audibly. Read the Bible out loud. The Bible is his word. The Bible is his way. The Bible is his will. It is the number one way that God communicates with his children. He has given us his infallible, inerrant word of the living God. Listen carefully. Don't miss this. If you go to hell, it will not be because God sent you there. It will be because when he offered his hand of love, And forgiveness and grace, you turned your back on him and walked away. Now, some of you perhaps have never had that divine encounter, but you're having it right now, so you're without excuse from this moment forward. Because this message is literally God's hand of grace and mercy explaining temporary time and eternal time. And now I'm going to extend to you his invitation as his messenger. And I've already told you, no matter what your sin, God's grace is greater. You have no excuse. I've met thousands of people through the years who have said, Preacher, I believe what you said. And one day I'm going to get right with God. But if you knew how messed up my life was, you'll understand that there's some stuff in my life that I've got to straighten out. But as soon as I get that stuff straightened out, I'm going to come to Jesus. No, you're never going to make it. Because the Bible doesn't say, get your act together and come, come to Jesus. That first step, you need to watch out for. Is that new this year? I almost lived out what it's like to fall away. You don't get your act together and come to Jesus. You come to Jesus and he'll help you get your act together. And a lot of people think, A lot, don't miss this, a lot of people think, I'm going to straighten out my life and get right with God. No, you're not. You've got to come to God and let Him straighten out your life. When we pray together in just a minute, you're going to have to come with your sin. You're going to have to come with your past. You're going to have to come with all of your questions about the Bible. You're going to have to come with all of your questions about Jesus. You're going to have to come with your addiction. You're going to have to come with all of your brokenness. You're going to have to come with all of your abuse. You're going to have to come with every question mark in your heart and say, God, I don't understand it all. But today in childlike faith, I come to God who said, all who call upon my name shall be saved. And God will take you just the way you are. My hero in the faith, Dr. Billy Graham, at the end of every crusade, many of them are still on YouTube. But at the end of every crusade, Billy Graham, the choir would begin to sing. The end of his ministry, a 5,000 voice choir in those big stadiums. And they sang the same song when Billy Graham gave the invitation. And that song was, just as I am, without one plea. But that thy blood was shed for me. And as thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Because that's how you have to come to God, my friend. You have to come just the way you are. All of the mess, all of the past, all of the failures, all of the sins, all of the addictions, all of your excuses. Do you really think you've done something that surprised God in 21 centuries? Listen, from Adam until now, It's already been done. The sin has already been committed. And the blood of Jesus still forgives and forgets. He'll take you just the way you are. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.